What does it take to be a successful recruiter? In a shifting and increasingly competitive industry, what are the skills that will make or break consultants and leaders, and how can recruiters learn from their past mistakes? I'm Hamish Coots. You're listening to Talent Talks, brought to you by SEEK. Talent Talks, we are coming to you from the RCSA Conference 2018 up in Noosa, and my next guest needs no introduction, but for the purpose of the exercise, I'll give him one. Greg Savage, thank you. Welcome. Thank you, Hamish. It's a pleasure to be here, and it's a great start to the conference. Uh, as far as I can see, everyone's loving it. I was going to start by asking you, um, you've obviously come to quite a few of these. What do you get excited about when you come to an RCSA conference? You always get something from the talks, and uh, you need to go to them all and enjoy that. But you really should use it for networking, meeting people. Uh, over the years, many doors have opened, many alliances have been forged, many deals have been done from people you meet and advice gained. So I think that is really important. How many years do you think you've been coming now? Well, I know. Uh, 35? 35. I'm giving a talk tomorrow and I look, look through my notes and it's the 17th RCSA presentation I've given at these conferences. There were probably some before that have been lost in the mists of time because I didn't have a computer back then. Let's start and have a, a little look at your presentation you're giving tomorrow. Failing my way to success, lessons learned from a lifetime of recruitment mistakes. Well, I was, it was kind of a backhanded compliment when I got invited to give another talk at the RCSA because the president or the CEO said, you're perfect for this. this is the, you're the best guy in Australia for this topic and I was sort of puffing my chest and he said we want you to talk about failure and (laughs) mistakes I said well thank you very much but but in actual fact it was an astute observation because in 40 years of building businesses uh, and running businesses across the world and being a recruiter you make a lot of mistakes and you learn from them and so the theme is exactly that what mistakes were made what what mistakes are people here likely to make that I might have some Mm history and some um, some experience of and uh, that's what we're focusing on i think that the, the final message will be that don't let your mistakes define you because it's the way you respond to your failures that defines you is it more likely to make a mistake in this day and age do you think there's so much going on there's so much technology the industry's changing is it is it easier to make a mistake i think uh, it is both easier and much more visible yes because your mistakes can be amplified through digital and they are um, they can be uh, shot around the world we saw only the other day where some guy sent out an email some recruiter sent out an email to all his staff saying what idiots they were and that went viral and so mm. he's on our worldwide sensation in a negative way whereas in the old days that mistake would have been fixed very quickly yep what are some of the biggest mistakes that, that you've made over the journey look uh, that's got to be broken into a number of areas uh, recruiting mistakes managing mistakes and even as a director and there have been so many Amish when I sat down to do the presentation I really could have honestly done a five-hour presentation. Mm. So um, I think very important one is never to forget that what we do has value. It's a very demanding job. We get a lot of negatives. We get a lot of failures. We get a lot of knockbacks. And once you lose the belief that what we do has value, you start to cut your price. You start to, 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 to take shortcuts. But people must remember that we, we provide tremendous value. So that was a big mistake that parts of my career I, I had to fix. Um, competing on price is a mistake. You've got to compete on the value you bring and, and you've got to be, in this day and age, updating what is value. What will clients pay for? Mm. It's not the same. They used to pay for a screening service. Now they pay for a sourcing service and a managing the process. So um, those are a few mistakes. Another big mistake as a recruiter is to make assumptions like, oh, that client's only working with me. I've only given that job to me. That candidate, you know, has spoken to his wife about the move. And, and these are assumptions that screw up the deal. And, and that's just a flavor of the many recruiting mistakes. I can talk to you about management mistakes too, if you'd like me yes, to go on to that. Yeah. Okay, well, 
I think, uh, you know, when I was a younger man, I was struck, uh, thrust into management very early. I started my own company when I was in my 20s. I was very competitive. I, I, I'm very, I've got a strong personality. And I think I was far too black and white, far too demanding of people. And I didn't understand the nuance that different people respond in different ways. And I think the big learning there is people don't learn when they're humiliated or embarrassed. They, you have to win the hearts of people before you can win their minds. And by mm. that, I mean, they've got to trust you. They've got to, you've, got to, you've got to build up equity with them in the sense that you've helped them when they were down. And then they will help you in return. Um, and so I think uh, I've learned a lot about uh, mistakes around, around leadership. You know, leadership to me isn't, well, I'm a good talker. Leadership's not talking. It's, it's, leadership is action. You know, people will follow your behaviors and your example. That's where a lot of leaders fall down. They send out an email or put out a big presentation, mm. and then they behave in a way that's contrary to the direction. Completely crushes trust and buy-in and engagement from people. So uh, I think that's a big one. The other one that I like to always go back to is uh, you cannot manage performance of people unless you measure what you manage. There's a lot of people who, who feel... You know, we talk about the art of work. Absolutely true. But success in recruitment is the marriage of art and science. You need to be, have great influencing skills. You need to have great human skills. But to manage a recruitment business, you need to know the data and you need to make sure people are working on the right activities. So um, that is something I learned over the years. Um, two other quick ones I'll give you is um, promoting your highest billing recruiter into a management role, which is often what people do, is often a mistake. It's not always a mistake, but you cannot make the assumption that because you're a good recruiter, you can lead other people. It's like the best footballer is not necessarily the captain, right? The best cricketer, the guy who makes the most runs, is not necessarily the guy to be the leader. Could be, mm. could be. And it's true that the leader must have credibility and be good at, at, at the job and do the job. But that a leader gets their buzz out of seeing other people's success, whereas a high performer gets their buzz out of their own success. There's nothing wrong with those things, but often it's not the same person. And the other big one that I made this mistake, I don't make it anymore, is um, you often find in our industry, and I'm sure you find it in others, that high performers develop prima donna type behaviors. Mm. Uh, they, 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 they become insufferably arrogant. They don't stick to the rules. They're rude to people around them. And many, many owners of recruitment companies put up with that because they are big billers. But that crushes the ethos of your business. It crushes your credibility of a leader. And, and, and you'll never have a values-based, high-performance business if you have different rules for different people. So you, you, I like to say fees never beat ethos. It, you know, and, and you need to counsel that person, change their behaviors, or they need to go uh, one way or the other because while you might be losing the fees in the short term, you will gain a much more sustainable business. And perhaps it's, it's the antithesis of how you just answered, but if you're looking at a really successful recruitment consultant today, what are some of the really common traits that you see, Greg? Well... I'll break that into two areas. There, there is what you might call uh, intrinsic attributes. Uh, that's in their DNA. And, that, and they are things that uh, probably haven't changed that much. They are things like resilience. Mm. But I'd add things like coachability. It's, it's a world of continuous learning now. And if you're a person who gets stuck in your paradigms and doesn't want to change with the times, you cannot, you cannot thrive going forward. So resilience, coachability, empathy is a word I use. You don't often hear in relation to recruiters, but I think understanding the candidate journey and the pain people are going through, I don't mean physical pain, but it's it's, 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 it's an important part of their lives. A lot of people forget that. Um, the, these are very important things. Being a networker, being connected is important. Um, being Having the ability to, to build uh, an online brand. You, you know, really, we all are brands these days. We, and, and, and by that, you know, the word brand is overused. A better way to talk about it is, 
that you are positioned as a thought leader, as somebody of substance. A big criticism, a common statement by users of recruitment companies is all your recruiters are the same. Right? I can't mm. tell the difference. You're all the same. It's not true. It's a bit unfair. But on the other hand, we need to do something to differentiate. And by putting out content, by engaging online, and then converting that into an offline interaction is what a great recruiter will do. They, they will also be good at finding candidates that other people can't, so sourcing, um, digital sourcing, which is finding people, but then bringing them to the hiring table, which is a much more human skill. It's, it's a seduction, it's a, it's a trust thing. These are, there are a lot of recruiters that are no more than keyword matching resume spammers. Right. They have got no future because machines will do that better than they will. Right? Yeah. So really, the secret is that great recruiters going forward will learn to be much better at that part of the jobs that only human beings can do. We don't want to ironically compete with machines. Let the machines do the hack work. Yeah. That's the that's the secret going forward. We'll come back to AI and machines, etc. But I'm really interested to pick up that point as well because you explained it so well with the good traits of a consultant. What about a leader? If you're looking at a good recruitment leader now, what are some of those traits? Well, uh, I, I can talk to you. I make it nice and simple, and I like. I, I call it the five or six C's of leadership that the, that, that we believe in. By that, I mean me. Um, <laughs> uh, and and the first is um, clarity. Great leaders are very clear in the goals, the expectations. So if we all worked in a team and you all worked for me, we could. Each one of you could be taken into a room and, and, and you'd be able to explain what good looks like in our business, what the behaviors that are um, valued in our business, what's unacceptable in our business. So great clarity about um, who we are, what we do, what's acceptable, what's good, and what we're aiming at. And also clarity about how each individual person's role wraps up into the corporate goal. So, so that is one big thing, a big C. The second one is, is communication, of course, which covers a multitude of sins. And I think a couple of sort of subsets under communication is... Uh, authenticity and honesty and openness and consistency in the message and not telling you know one person something and then telling you something and not talking to you about him um, people make these mistakes all the time but they crush your credibility they crush uh, your trust so communicate you can never you know I've never had anyone come to me and say you know what I'm gonna leave this company Greg because you over communicate with me you just tell me too much stuff you share so much I just can't take it anymore that does not happen you're, but you will have people coming to you saying you never share, you know, you don't tell me the truth, you don't share things. So you've got clarity, you've got courage is, is a trait of a leader. You've got to be brave. You've got to be brave to have the difficult conversations. You've got to be brave. That, that thing of confronting a big biller, the yep. hero, and, and counselling him or her on her behaviours is hard to do. Yes. Um, you've got to be brave to tell people uh, when they need to step the game up, all sorts of different things. So, so courage is important. And the other one, and I forget what the C is, but um, it's it's oh, it's the climate. And what I mean by that is, leaders are far more influential in their re than they realise they are. You set the tone in your office for everything. I like to say, no no company, no group of people is going to go faster than their leader. By faster, I mean in work effort, in ethics, in in, in anything. So. You set the tone by, by the style of language you use, even body language. Right? You, you, you're upset, you come in, you slam the door, the whole office gets less productive. Right? So you, you can show you're annoyed, you can show you're not happy, but you don't want to show panic, you don't want to show that, that you don't trust people. So setting the climate. Um, so these are some of the things I've noticed, uh, and I'll use a phrase of mine that I like, it's called tough empathy, which is this, that I think you know, Leaders often give people what they think they want. Yep. Like, oh shit, these guys need a 
they need more marketing and they need more advertising. We need a pool table to keep the millennials happy. It's yeah. all bullshit. <laughs> you got to give people what they need, not what they want. Yeah. Um, you know, I think Mick Jagger said best, you can't always get what you want, but sometimes yeah. you get what you need. Um, and that's what a good leader does. And I have people, you know, there, there must be 50 people in this room who work for me. And they, no doubt, I've met most of them uh, over the last 30 years, right? And they'll come up to me and, uh, you know, especially in the bar. So, you know, the day you said that to me, I was really pissed off with you, but now I realize it was for my good. And, and, and I hear myself saying it to my staff. And so, you know, maybe it takes 30 years before you get a thank you, but you do eventually. <laughs> you get eventually. Sometimes. Rick Savage is a leader and influencer of the global recruitment industry. He joined me at the desk at the 2018 RCSA conference in Noosa. It's interesting, I mentioned some of the 50-odd people here that have worked for you at some stage. Um, when they're talking to you at the bar as well, they're probably talking to you around, oh, there's a fair bit of fear, I think, around artificial intelligence and technology. And there's also some you know, chat around how do recruiters stay relevant in the face of this technology. I'm interested in your viewpoint on that. There is a lot of nonsense spoken about artificial intelligence uh, and, and there's also a lot of unknowns. But mm. I think, and I'm not an expert, but I've got a view, as unsurprisingly. I think that I think that artificial intelligence and machine learning and automation generally will take big chunks of the recruiter's job. However, I think we should embrace that. I think it's the coolest thing. I think we should, you know, my advice to the, I'm on 12 boards of recruitment companies and all of them are implementing AI at my insistence. Uh, you know, they could fire me, obviously, but, uh, <laughs> uh, but, but because what we want to do is to automate and the things we can automate is sourcing, you can do some of that, screening, matching, chatbots to screen people out, uh, automate logistics. This is, there are recruiters who are not here today who will be in Brisbane and Sydney and Melbourne who will spend the whole afternoon screening candidates off job boards, mm. which could be done by a machine in four minutes. Yep. The valuable part isn't the screening. The valuable part is calling the candidate, having a conversation, and the candidate says, I don't want to go to that job because I've never heard of that company. And a skilled recruiter will have the conversation, and they'll go to the job, they'll love the job, they'll get the job, and only a human being can do that. Yeah. So the secret is, we've got to touch on it earlier, Great recruiters have got to be extremely skilled at the part of the job that machines can't do. And that part is selling, but not selling in the traditional sense of cold calling and spamming people. It's influencing, it's persuading, it's negotiating, it's uh, advising, it's consulting. That is the true part. And the irony is that most recruiters don't do that. They do the transactional stuff yes. and they are on a slippery slope to recruiting hell. Despite some, you know, potential job loss that's coming there, um, and the role that AI plays, you you sound like you're fairly positive about the future of the industry. I'm, I'm investing in recruitment yeah. companies. I, I'm more excited now about recruitment than I've, than I've ever been, because, yeah, I think Andrew Banks said it that there's no barriers to entry in recruitment. Well, that's true mm. for now, but I think there will be because you're going to need to have the secret of the future of recruitment is the blend, the marriage of the best technology with the most powerful influencing, human influencing skills. If you get that right, you're on the winner. So I think um, that there will be less recruitment companies and less recruiters, because um, a lot of it will be automated, but the ones that thrive will do better than ever before. Will recruitment agencies start to specialise more in industry verticals? Uh, uh, say, will, will a generalist recruiter still have as, uh, as much work on as what they potentially have, or do you see a movement there at all? If you take, uh, Hamish, my comment about the value is in two things, finding candidates that the client can't find him or herself. Mm. Sounds a simple statement, but that is actually what it's all yeah. about. Um, 
A, and B, bringing them to the hiring table through influence and consulting skills, etc. Specialization is important in as much as it plays into those two things. So if you're deeply specialized and you can find talent who, for example, don't apply to jobs through mm. Seek or mm. anything else, yep. they have to be ferreted out, hidden talent, then being deeply specialized so you know all the players, you know the contacts, you can tap on shoulders, that's a value. Having the expertise to advise your client, look, I know you've always paid 100,000, but you now no longer can because in the last six months, because you've got knowledge, that's the value. So if specialization gives you those two things, yes, it's important. But I still think we can have companies that might specialize in two or three different things yes. because they'll have that depth in those things. The, the generalist recruiter, if it is you or me trying to recruit an engineer and a UX designer and a HR manager, I don't think there's a big future for that, no. I'm interested also in your, in your point of view around tips for somebody coming into the industry now and also the second part of the question for somebody who's been within the industry for a little while in order to really grow and be successful if you could give two or three tips and, and you're you're always out talking to the industry um, what are some of those things that you impart upon them now well we'll start with the new person although yep. the tips might be the same for the 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 first thing i'd recommend to them is guard your reputation the only thing you really own, this mm -hmm. is true of everybody, I mean, if you leave a company and go to another company, unless you steal a computer, you don't take anything with you except your reputation. So every interaction you have with candidate, client or colleague is an opportunity to grow your reputation or harm it. That phone call not returned, keeping her waiting in reception for 20 minutes, smart-ass comment to him that was unnecessary. That demeans your reputation and over a period of time you will earn a brand which will be which will either be a magnet of candidates and clients or a repellent. So my tip to a new person is guard your reputation. My second tip is to be, uh, if you're any good, you'll, you'll become successful in a year. That's when, uh, after a year to two years, most recruiters get complacent and they plateau. Their learning is like this at the beginning, mm. then they plateau. And some, some of these recruiters come to me and say, I've had 10 years experience. I make myself unpopular by saying, you haven't. You've had one year's experience 10 times over. You actually have not got any better now in year nine than you were in year two. So continuous learning, adding skills. You know, your biggest competition isn't clients. It isn't technology. It's uh, am I better than I was yesterday? Right. Updating. You know, in my own case, I made a massive effort to understand technology around personal branding and blogging and Twitter and LinkedIn. And and now I can, you know, I'm a born-again digital native. I'm not of the generation, but I know more than the generation. Not because I'm clever, but because I've sat down and said, I need to know that if I want to yeah. stay relevant. And that's what recruiters, experienced recruiters, my tip to them would be constant, continuous learning, upgrading. Keep the stuff from the old that's valuable, and a lot of it is. But there's a lot of stuff that we need to do differently. That was Greg Savage, recruitment industry leader and influencer at the 2018 RCSA conference.